Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. This is kind of the second part of our Fatima doubleheader here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. If you uh, joined us last week, you'll know we talked with uh, Father Peter Calabrese from the Fatima Shrine up in Lewiston and learned about what's going on there and talked a little bit. Of course, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary was this week, so it's appropriate that we're talking about uh, the Blessed Mother in uh, some detail these couple weeks on the program. And we talked a little bit about the Rosary specifically last week. This week, um, when we say Fatima, uh, we have an excellent opportunity, if you have never been to Fatima or uh, uh, Lourdes, as well to um, important sites when we talk about uh, the Blessed Mother in uh, Europe in particular. Um, The Western New York Catholic, the uh, namesake of this show, is sponsoring a pilgrimage to Fatima and Lourdes next year. And they have an information night coming up on the 19th of October. We're going to talk about that trip, talk a little bit about Fatima and Lourdes, what you might be able to expect, what you could look forward to, and uh, two guests to do that. One, our Director of Communications for the Diocese of Buffalo and uh, the um, uh, editor of the Western New York Catholic as well, mm-hmm. George Rickert. George, Hi, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Nice to be here. And in our other chair today, who is uh, also a, a familiar voice on the program, Monsignor David Slebecki, our Vicar General of the Diocese of Buffalo. Welcome back to you too, Monsignor. Thank you, Greg. It's good to be here with uh, you. Now, let me clarify for folks. I always like to, you know, especially for people who aren't uh, as familiar with some of our Catholic lingo, when we say Vicar General, what does that mean for people? <laughs> <laughs> simply said, well, actually, Bishop Kimmick used to talk about me as being the chief executive officer of the yeah. – uh, operating officer of yeah. the diocese. But it's essentially like second in charge in the diocese after yeah. the bishops. So. Yeah, an easy way to understand it for folks. So uh, so uh, you are going to be leading uh, folks to Fatima and Lourdes next uh, March, 13 days. That's uh, yes. That's quite a lengthy – of course, you've got a lot of ground to cover. It's right? indeed and also a lot of opportunities. The highlight, of course, will be the experience of both Fatima and Lourdes and also the Shrine of St. James. Tradition has it that the Apostle James ended up doing his preaching the message in Spain. And so there's a large shrine that holds the remains of St. James there. Uh, it's part of the pilgrimage program for Europe. And people go on walking tours from way up north down to, to the visit Compostello. So it would be those three principal shrines as far as faith is concerned. But it's also an opportunity just to have an experience of the culture, the rich culture of Spain and Portugal. We'll be going to a number of key cities during the course of that time uh, for them to have the opportunity to not only have a faith experience but also a cultural experience. Um, Lourdes is at the beginning of the trip. Uh, We will be there for two nights and Lourdes and Fatima both in the mind of the church are very rich places of faith and many people have had very rich experiences there and many people have been healed at both places so so it does bear with it a, a very special place in in uh, the life of the catholic community the uh, opportunity to be with so many people from so many other countries to to share a common common language of faith even if we don't understand each other with our regular spoken word is really a great experience to have. And for me, it will be a kind of a re- reawakening of an opportunity I had years ago. I had the good fortune of doing my theological studies, both undergraduate, seminary, and graduate in, in Rome. And so 
during the course of six and a half years, I had many rich experiences, not only of Rome and Italy, but the rest of Europe. But as far as the faith goes, it was a great opportunity to sense the fact that we're much bigger than Buffalo, we're much bigger than uh, Erie County, uh, that there's, there's things that link us together across the world that are, are, are ties for us with not only faith with God, but faith with each other. So, so it's going to be a good experience that way, both from a secular sphere and from a religious sphere during the time of these 13 days. Uh, now, I want to remind folks off the beginning, of course, I mentioned Western New York Catholic, the namesake of this program. Uh, information about the pilgrimage is available at wnycatholic.org. So uh, you can go there and find out uh, any of the material that we find. Uh, one thing I probably don't plug enough here on the program since they redesigned their website about a year ago. The search function is awesome. If you type in Fatima, um, you'll, you'll notice that uh, back in the uh, September issue of the paper, we had an article about this pilgrimage that addressed some of the things that we'll talk about today. So it'll be a good refresher if you want to look for that in addition to looking at the brochure and whatnot. Now, this is kind of a new venture for the Western New York Catholic too, right, George? Yeah, it is, Greg. We, you know, we've often had ads for um, companies that do pilgrimages, um, but, um, you know, it was more, it, it was never directed to Western New York. You know, you could, you could call a, a tour company and, and, and end up traveling with people from all over, which is wonderful. But we, we thought there would be more of a market for an actual, uh, Western New York pilgrimage that flies out of Buffalo and, and flies straight over there. And as Monsignor said, uh, um, you know, it will, you will still be in a whole different environment, but at least you'll be in that environment with maybe a couple dozen Western New Yorkers who are in the same boat as you. So it won't be quite as as scary, I guess, and, and you won't feel like a fish that out of water because at least you'll be with a group that not only I'm you know how buffalo is everybody has something in common sure. with somebody yes. some of these people are going to know some you, of these people you are people. almost bound to meet <laughs> someone you know on this trip that you yeah. didn't know was going right exactly yeah, yeah. and and there's going to be some some links like that and uh but at the same time you know um you had mentioned 13 days and and you know, for the for the length of trip to get over there, you may as well make it worth your while to go all of that travel. Thirteen days may seem like a lot, but at least two of those days are travel days, basically. So when it comes right down to it, it's a it's a pretty tight schedule, uh, not tight schedule, but it's a, there's full a schedule. lot. It's a it's full a lot schedule covered, with yeah. a lot of different cities and. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we're going to see how this goes. And, you know, you may be seeing this. You certainly have seen this in your Western New York Catholic newspaper over the last few months. So if, you know, you had mentioned where to find it on the website, you could also go to the back of your church and pick up a Western New York Catholic newspaper and probably see the agenda right there in the September issue or, or uh, something in the October issue. Uh, but, you know, we're going to mention again that public meeting on October 19th. If you simply have questions... Um, you could either call the 800 number or you could come to this meeting and, and see who might be going with you and and ask whatever questions you have. Well, that's a and – I, and I want to talk about that really before we go much further. So you're making my job easy today, George. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's nice to have a media guys in the room <laughs> with me. Uh, that is an excellent opportunity. I remember going uh, years and years ago when my wife were – First, Mary, we went to a couple of different AAA travel nights for travel in various places just to learn about places we might be interested Mm -hmm. in going. So uh, it's that kind of opportunity, right, on the 19th, my senior. There will be some uh, 
photographs shown. There'll be some videos from the local uh, cities in Spain and Portugal that will be part of the presentation. And then just all the nuts and bolts as to what you should take, what you should be aware of, uh, what you need to do, what you need not to do in order to make this uh, an effective time for you to you know, leave this country and go to another place. So. Well, let's talk about that just uh, for a minute here. When we talk about a pilgrimage, it, <clears throat> I mean, in many ways, you're going to see many things and people are going to have an opportunity to do some touristy things as well. There is oh, yes, some free yep. time built in, et cetera, et cetera, in the various locations that you're going. But in many ways, the notion of a pilgrimage is maybe fundamentally different mm-hmm. than if people were just going to – you know, let's say, uh, like you, you mentioned, you studied in Italy. If people are taking a tour of Italy, you've in fact done those before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even in in your priesthood, what kind of mind frame should people be in for a pilgrimage? What should they know about that experience? Well, it surely is a, a very different experience in some ways from regular travel. Uh, it's a long history of it in Europe. For many centuries, people would do on foot. Uh, pilgrimages. They would they would go from France to Spain, for example, to this shrine of Saint James that I spoke about. Uh, they would make their way to the Holy Land, and these were opportunities not only for strengthening themselves spiritually, but also uh, to uh, be an opportunity to share the same kind of spiritual life with other people around them. So pilgrimages essentially always have the opportunity for prayer. Uh, every day there will be, for the most part, uh, a mass celebrated in very key shrines throughout the area, uh, which a regular travel would not have. Now, this doesn't mean you're on your knees the whole time you're there, obviously, <laughs> right, right. But, it, but there are moments where it will be much more of a prayerful experience. And, and it's, it's a link, especially for those of faith, uh, with other people around them. And, and you mentioned before about um, perhaps you'll be running to some people you even know on this trip. But it's interesting. I, I Four times I had done a trip to Italy when I was pastor out of Fortune Only Helpers in West Seneca. And as a result of that experience, people all of a sudden found new friendships, all of a sudden yeah. other people in their life. And, and they continue to be involved with them. I mean, to this day, uh, the last time I took a group was about 12 years ago. Some of them are still in contact with each other. So uh, it, it became much more of an experience also for just new friendships and new relationships, etc. But I would say the, the key part for the pilgrimage issue is that there are moments of, of, of high spirituality that take place in the course of the experience. Yeah, I mean, especially in these two, and in the second part of the program, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the specifics of it and what people can expect. But um, especially in places like Fatima and Lourdes, right. which you've already mentioned, I mean, people have had powerful experiences of healing, also of conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even in prayer for someone else, people not even on pilgrimage there have experienced yeah. healing through the intercessions of of other people. So it is um, uh, it is a powerful. Uh, these are two powerful places that we're talking mm-hmm. about in terms of our you know uh, Catholic heritage. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you both kind of mentioned the the notion that um, you know um, you're, you're going to be with people from Western New York, but then, of course, you're going to encounter folks really from around the world, much like if you go to any tourist destination, right? You end up meeting – there are people from everywhere oh, sure. there. Yeah. One, of, one of the things about this <coughs> that, that I, I think people might uh, uh, might be interested in is um, this: these really are worldwide destinations for pilgrims, to, to use mm-hmm. the term that we're using here, but for people of faith who want to experience um, uh, some of the things maybe we only talk about in 
church in a concrete way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. you're going – people from around the world are going to be sh- kind of sharing in this same experience together, right? right? Yeah, yeah. For example, at Lourdes, uh, I, this will be the first time for my going to Lourdes. So I'm really looking forward to that. Fatima, for the matter, too. I've never been to either place, quite honestly. Um, but Lourdes, uh, especially, there are candlelight processions at night, of which we'll be a part of, are, are supposedly incredibly moving experiences. Of, as all these people from all over the world are, are singing hymns from their own country and uh, at the same time are kind of linking with other people around them with a common language of faith. <clears throat> the healings have taken place, especially at Lourdes. Uh, there apparently is the miraculous pool, which is the opportunity for people to go into if they wish to, where where there's regular people there that help people get into the waters and get out of the waters. And that although everyone is not healed physically, there are some physical healings that happen. And in some ways, more often than not, much as the gospel suggests, it is the interior healing that's far more important. And so sometimes Jesus would heal physically only to prove the fact that interiorly the person has had the healing happen. So, so sometimes those things will take place in a person's life and they won't even recognize the value or the power of it until they're away yeah. from it. You know? So uh, those will surely be opportunities for, for faith, I think. And to give you an idea what a destination a place like Lourdes is, the, just the fact that they have a candlelight vigil every single night of the year. Sometimes it may just be a hundred or two, sometimes thousands, but it's, ju- it's not just Western New York. The whole world comes there on a regular basis and enough to do a candlelight vigil every single night. Well, and, and much like our holy places in Italy, which you've been right. to several times, I mean, you, you were living there for a long time. Um, people of no particular faith want to experience yes, this as well, mm-hmm. right? Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's an amazing place. George, maybe just give the, the basics of it, like the nights coming up on the 19th and when the dates of the pilgrimage are, etc. That's right. The trip is next March uh, 16th through the 28th, roughly. It's a 13-day trip next March. The cost is $3,495, uh, double occupancy, for a 13-day trip to Europe. And there will be a public information night coming up on October 19th at St. Joseph Cathedral downtown, where we can answer as many questions as we can for you. You'll get to see some of the people you'd be traveling with, uh, as well as Monsignor Slebecki uh, himself, and we'll try to try to make you as comfortable as you can if you're considering this trip. I'm Greg Prince. Thank you for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly this week as we talk about a pilgrimage sponsored by our Western New York Catholic to Fatima and Lourdes next March. The information is available if you pick up a copy of the Western New York Catholic in your church or if you see it around in maybe one of our local hospitals, nursing homes, etc. Also, wnycatholic.org. You can find out more about it. I'd encourage you to go back if you look through the uh, articles or you search on Fatima. There was a great article in the September issue uh, uh, where both George and, and Monsignor address some of the things about the pilgrimage and introduce the uh, idea here for folks. And we certainly encourage you to ex- attend the information night coming up on October 19th at St. Joseph Cathedral. Monsignor, we've talked a little bit about, um, like, like you mentioned specifically, the, the healings at Lourdes, this notion of going into the pools, which some people have heard of even if they've never experienced and or, or, or whatnot. Um, but these are one of those things in our Catholic faith, right, that there are some people that go, really, the Blessed Mother appeared to kids on a hill in Fatima or whatever. There are people that just have trouble believing that. One right. of the great things about our faith is, right, it, you don't have to really, you know, believe that to no, be. No, you don't. Right? No, no I mean, you do not. In fact, the church is very clear on that, that any of these apparitions that are spoken about 
Uh, it really comes down to whether or not a person themselves sees this as a vehicle for faith. It's not required to believe in that in order to be a faithful Christian or a faithful Catholic. Uh, in case of any kind of apparitions, really the official uh, position of the church is, is that people are not bound to believe in any of them. And the church looks with very seriousness at any uh, supposed apparition that took place to indicate whether or not there seems to have some pious credence to it or it's something that's just a hoax. And in the case of both uh, Fatima and Lourdes, after serious, serious reflection, the church came to the conclusion that in these cases it's at least officially declared worthy of belief. But that doesn't mean you have to believe in it. So uh, it's a point where some people do realize that these experiences are such. Sometimes they get they can get absurd. I mean, there, there's been uh, suggestions that the Blessed Mother appeared on skyscraper walls, or you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> you have we we very, have pictures of yeah. the one in Florida. Supposedly, you have to be very that, careful, yeah, you know, about I mean, these things. So, you know. so the church is very clear on that. But the one thing you can say for sure with regard to Fatima and Lourdes, is having said all those things, there's at least enough strong indication from the events that have taken place there, and people have been cured as a result of those experiences, to say that indeed this is a, a holy place, and that somehow there's been a, a, a linkage between God and the Blessed Mother and the faithful in these places. So. Well, and as you've already indicated, the fruits of these particular places that you're going to be visiting, <coughs> I mean, they're very real and in many cases astounding. Yeah, right, right. right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there are great instances, as we've mentioned, of conversion and whatnot. Let's talk a little bit before we go today about some of the specifics of the trip. What are some of the things you're going to see? You already mentioned you're really looking forward because you've never been to I've never been to either of those places, place. no. So. There have been a few of the places we're going to I have been before. Uh, we're going to be visiting Avila, which is the birthplace of St. Teresa, the famous St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, we're going to be in Madrid. We'll be in Salamanca uh, and uh, in Lisbon for a little bit, uh, especially in the place. Madrid is a, a phenomenal city and uh, uh, as I suggest to other people, you, unless it's changed, you don't have your dinner until 10 o'clock at night. So it, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have and friends they, that have been. But yeah. they also <laughs> close everything up in the afternoon. and Everybody goes to bed for a couple hours and all the stores close. Everything is put into a siesta mode. Uh, and because of that, probably that's why I, I shouldn't get so too excited about that with the boss around here because that's probably not something we're going to do. No, no, we're not about to do here, it right here. Now, no, you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you can, we can always help. Not, not about to start that. So. <laughs> they do have, though, they have these little walk-in bars all over the place. Where, which is called tapas. And it's essentially, it's like a kind of a glorified uh, um, hors d'oeuvre table. And, and people in the course of the late, late supper time, maybe like regular time, 6, 7 o'clock at night, will stop in for a little glass of port wine and pick up a few of these little items to eat, etc., to hold them over until their 10 o'clock dinner. So uh, Now, that might have changed a little bit. Uh, in Italy, for example, that used to be the, the case when uh, I was studying there, that you never had dinner before 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, and they closed up in the afternoon. But by the time I left there, they had kind of given over to the American yeah. way and stores stayed open and things kind of changed. But you still don't go into a restaurant at 6 o'clock at night and expect to eat. A it's full meal, happen. yeah. It's not going to yeah. happen at that time. So. Yeah, definitely a different So, I mean, the, the experience of those places would be marvelous. So Madrid uh, is just a fascinating city. And we go outside of Madrid an excursion to the what had been the, the uh, palace of Philip II, who was a, a king of, Fra of Spain back in the 1400s, and he was an extremely pious and religious man. So the, the place, by standards of royalty, although it's very grandiose, is extremely stark, and the, the rooms he lived in himself were very simple as opposed to what sometimes kings would have. Uh, but we'll be visiting that. We'll be visiting the, the uh, 
a huge monument that uh, Franco, the dictator of Spain, had put into place. It's a massive mountain turned into a shrine uh, to the fallen. And, of course, it's all part of the history of Spain to see that kind of thing. It's interesting how with many of these people, especially, especially when we look at the lives of the saints, how they're impacted by the culture they're a part of and by the, the temperature and the climate they're in. And so, for example, a lot of people are very familiar with St. Francis of Assisi. Sure. You know, the poetry he wrote about creation, the things he said, if you visit Assisi, it's like you can see where it all comes from. You look out on the Umbrian countryside and it's just a face value of what he puts down in written words. And the same thing is true with regard, for example, of Avila. Uh, it's, a, it's a fortified city, very, very uh, uh, all in browns, if you will, very stark, not a lot of greenery, but it, it, it bespeaks the kind of theology the Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross held, that it's a, it's a place where you'd expect this kind of thing to develop. So it's kind of, kind of fascinating to see those, those mixtures of, of climates and, and cultures that impact our, our spiritual life. And speaking of climate, it'll be warmer than Buffalo. I did a little research, <laughs> and in March, Madrid, Barcelona, the average high temperature, 60 degrees, and the average low, 44 Forty-four is a little chilly, but sixty degrees is a yeah, good put traveling. A on and, you know, and it's better than traveling in ninety-degree weather. So that, that, that's about as good as it gets. Sure, so that's yeah. what the average temperature you could expect is sixty degrees as the high. Uh, as far as money, the euro is now um, lower than it's been in uh, many years. The past year and a half or so has been a good time to go to Europe. You know, two three years ago, it would have cost. 25% more to buy things in Madrid, in, in Spain, Portugal, and France. Now with the, the euro dropping, it's about a dollar. It's, it costs a dollar 12 U.S. to buy a euro. At times, it's been 140, 150, uh, say five years ago. So it's a good time cost-wise. March is a good time temperature-wise. And it also happens to be the 100th anniversary right. year yeah. of those apparitions uh, in Fatima. Well, and you're going to address some of those things about the, these logistical and uh, things about at the, at the information night on the, on the 19th of October. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you'd mentioned the cost uh, earlier, uh, you know, $3,400 or so. Mm -hmm. And um, it, you made a good point in the, in the uh, Western New York Catholic article back in September. September, Monsignor, mm. about that, that um, you're getting a lot for that money on this yeah, particular it, pilgrimage, it, aren't it you? Cover, it comes totally round trip from Buffalo, Buffalo to, to over to uh, Spain, uh, up to all of the bus trips through all the various places we're going over there, uh, first-class hotels, breakfast and dinner daily, uh, tour escort, somebody take care of your luggage. Uh, there are a lot of things that come par parcel of that, which you don't have to put anything on. Now, there's going to be some cost, obviously. Sure. If you're going to buy some wine, you're going to have to pay extra for some wine. <laughs> or if you're going to uh, buy some souvenirs, you have to do that. Or the tips. Obviously, you should be tipping these various people that you're involved with, the hotels and the bus drivers, et cetera. But uh, uh, all told, and most of the costs are covered by that, that amount. And considering it's from Buffalo all the way over and back again, that's not too bad. Yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, there there is a lot um, – packed into this particular pilgrimage. Uh, and we could talk a lot more about the specifics of it, but uh, that gives people a reason to come on the 19th, That's doesn't right. it, of October exactly. and, and uh, learn all about it at St. Joseph Cathedral. Before we go, George, uh, give us the, the details once again. Yep. It, uh, it is the Buffalo Fatima Pilgrimage is what we're calling it. It's based around Fatima, but as we said, this, this uh, will land in Barcelona, Spain, go to Lourdes, France, 
uh, end up uh, in Fatima the last two nights and then fly out of Lisbon, Portugal. So it's a 13-day trip, $3,495 based on double occupancy. And uh, you can find out more on the westernnewyorkcatholic.com. Uh, .org, <laughs> that is, westernnewyorkcatholic.org, or come to that public uh, information night, October 19th at St. Joseph Cathedral, 7 p.m. Uh, Monsignor Slebecki and I will be there to answer your questions, and we'll even uh, have a hotline to the Select International, by the way, is who we're dealing with, and they have a great reputation. They have been around almost 30 years. Um, they, I, I spoke with the Diocese of Wichita, Kansas, which has done four trips with them, and they said we would highly recommend them. So any Catholic diocese that has taken four overseas trips with a company and still highly recommends them, that's, that says a lot about Select International. Terrific. George Rickard, our Director of Communications for the Diocese. Monsignor David Slebecki, our Vicar General. Thank you very much. Thank and, you, uh, Thank you. you know, um, Good luck on the pilgrimage. All right. And you should think about going yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should. We'd like to. Europe is on our uh, bucket list, I guess, as they, uh, as they say. Right? As I know it is for you, George. Someday. So, at some point, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. Yep. Uh, as always, uh, you can find more at uh, both WNYCatholic.org and at our BuffaloDiocese.org website. All our podcasts are there under the news and media and radio sections. You will find us and, uh, you know uh, – Monsignor had no idea that uh, it, it, this was coming, but uh, we mentioned uh, St. Francis and Francis of Assisi. Next week, uh, a little teaser for you, Father Joe Bain will be our guest from the Franciscan Center. So uh, we'll talk more about that as well. I hope you'll join us then. I'm Greg Prince. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 